Hi, everyone, and welcome to Rick's Lark Presents. It's a series of brief conversations uh, held with industry experts just to help business owners and managers uh, navigate the road of business. And I'm your host, Rick Slark. In this episode, we're going to dive into a major problem facing small businesses and large businesses alike. It's costing, going to cost a lot in healthcare and productivity, and it's going to create some major issues down the road if we don't get it under control, let alone the human aspect of it, where we should throw or have empathy for just humanity. So there's a lot at stake. In a recent interview from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, almost 41% of Americans are struggling with some mental health issues stemming from the COVID-19 pandemic. And a lot of the companies, number one, haven't recognized that it's even a problem, or number two, they don't have the wherewithal to deal with it in a successful way. And so we're gonna talk about that today. My guest is Derek Ellis. He's the owner of Brave Life Pastoral Counseling. Derek holds a degree from Liberty University and it's a Master of Arts in Pastoral Counseling. He also has a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology from Wittenberg University, and he is a board-certified Christian counselor through the Board of Christian Professional and Pastoral Counselors. More than that, or in, in lieu of that, he is also a friend of mine, and I appreciate everything that he does uh, locally and his heart and his wisdom. And I think he's going to be able to help us uh, navigate some of this issue of workplace anxiety. Derek, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really important aspect. Um, a lot of what I'll do today is come from a, a business owner's perspective. I deal with small businesses all the time. And so I will kind of come about show our flaws and some of our uh, the ways we don't think about problems in a way you probably think we should. So let's get right into it and ask a couple brief questions and just see how we can uh, navigate this. Sure. So a lot of small business owners are busy. We have a lot going on. They are busy with all the complications that COVID has brought to us. Um, and we have our heads down doing a lot of work. And we're not always uh, aware of some of the things happening right under our noses. And so the question that I would ask you as we start today is what are some of the signs of, that an employer should be watching for uh, as they look for stress in their employees? Yeah, so there are general signs of anxiety, uh, external signs, right? It, Anxiety is a very internal reality that people feel. So it's actually something that's really easily hidden. But some general external signs of anxieties that employers should be aware of is greater irritability within the workplace, uh, greater indecisiveness and reduced confidence. If you're seeing someone that's normally a go-getter and they're having a hard time making decisions or second guessing everything that they're doing, that may be a sign that they're struggling with anxiety. Fatigue and tiredness and distractibility 
if they're suffering from anxiety, they may not be sleeping well at night time. So if they are coming into the office fatigued and tired and distracted from their work, that may be a sign. And if they're isolated from other people, if they're not socializing with coworkers. Um, and then there are some more specifically like work-related ones that may be more noticeable to an employer rather than the general signs. So if someone has increased absenteeism, if they're calling off of work a lot more, that may be a sign they're struggling. Um, reduced productivity, if they're not setting goals, if they're talking negatively in the work environment, um, if they're having excessive emotional responses to workplace stressors, if someone is crying, if they're yelling, and it just seems inappropriate for the situation, that may be a sign that there's some stressors underneath the surface that aren't being addressed. So one of the things you mentioned was uh, maybe a little bit of uh, uh, frustration or whatever. They may be arguing with a coworker over something or blowing it way out of proportion, or you yeah. may, as an owner, be dealing with those kind of personal things. That could be a sign. Yeah, absolutely. The greater irritability, um, when someone is suffering from anxiety, they have less resources to handle social interactions or stressful external realities that they're dealing with because they're so focused on using their resources to manage themselves internally. So if someone annoys them or makes them upset, they're more likely to fly off of the handle because all of their emotional and mental energy is being focused to maintaining their internal calm. And so they don't have anything left to deal with external stressors. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I know some of the, and you mentioned the other thing was absenteeism, people calling. Yeah. I know some of the larger companies are looking at their HR departments literally to look at people's uh, records, employee records, as far as uh, tardiness or, or calling off. And mm -hmm. it's a real good sign to see. If you have 200 employees, you can't really keep track of each one, but you can right. that way for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Any other thoughts on that? Some signs that we can be watching for? Anything about, let's say, the employer? Like, what kind of mindset should he be in? Um, like, just focusing. What are any strategies on that where he could just, hey, recognize this as a problem? Yeah. So I think one of the best things that you can do as an employer is having an open conversation with your company in general, make them mental health informed so that it's not just the weight on you to pay attention to, but that other people in your organization, if you're having, um, if you're more conversant and informed about mental health issues and it's talked about company-wide and there's a culture talking about this, Coworkers may be able to notice when something is going on and be able to draw your attention to that and be like, hey, I've noticed um, so-and-so has been a lot more irritable or they've been really distracted or they've been coming in late to work or they haven't been submitting things on time. Um, maybe you could check in on them or see how they're doing. Great. I, I love I love that. And that kind of brings me to my second question that I wanted to ask you. 
was what are some of the strategies or methods or actual things that an employer might be able to implement in the workplace to create a less stressful environment? Sure. Yeah. I feel like employers have a really unique opportunity to create a culture uh, that reduces anxiety and increases mental well-being. You know, a lot of articles I feel like are out there about how you're supposed to take individual responsibility, but a lot of stressors are environmental. A lot of things that cause anxiety are environmental. So as an employer, you have this unique place in a person's life to craft a culture that can really help. And so some ideas maybe set an example from your own life and precedent for an appropriate work hours and workload. Uh, If you're setting an example that you're burning the candles at both ends and you're working 16 hour shifts, you're communicating that that's the culture of Uh, your company. And that's not sustainable for most people if they have families or if they have health issues or whatever. So it's important to demonstrate that work-life balance matters and that boundaries with work should be a priority. Um, Practicing healthy communication as an employer and reducing toxic gossip in the work environment be quick to handle workplace bullying or harassment or the rumor mill, because just like it was in grade school for all of us, gossip and the social aspect of work is just as important as the actual mechanics of your job itself. So create a safe environment for people to work. They're not going to want to come to work if they're being bullied. Um, Avoid micromanaging your employees Uh, a lack of autonomy and control can be really anxiety inducing for people because they're going to feel trapped. And so consider allowing more freedom for employees in terms of their schedule. That may mean longer lunch breaks, allowing people to get outdoors during their lunch breaks, allowing people to go pick up their kids or leave work to attend a function at their child's school or make the work environment more flexible because people are going to be more enticed to work and do their best work when they know that they're allowed to be a human. Um, Encourage employee socialization and collaboration. A sense of competition in the workplace is actually going to create greater levels of anxiety. But if you create a sense of community it's going to reduce anxiety with everybody knowing that they're on the same team. Nobody's on the chopping block here. Everyone's just trying to do the best work that they can do. I would suggest making a habit of checking in with your employees to see how they're doing in general. Um, Building rapport with an employee as a human being instead of simply employee employer is important because if there are issues it's going to create a safe environment for employees to come to you to address those to say hey i'm noticing workplace gossip hey i'm not feeling well hey here are the stressors going on in my life and maybe you can address something before a crisis point occurs um 
And the last thing I would say is if it's within the structure of your company, I would set up assistance programs or resources to address mental health concerns. So make one of your benefits mental health days and actually label it as that. Don't call it sick time or personal time. Call it mental health days. Say this is a value that we have. Um, Offer a number of prepaid counseling sessions per employee with a local counselor. Let them know, hey, this is a benefit of your job. We have someone that is vetted. They do a great job. Go see them. Um, You have five free sessions with them that is already paid up. Um, These are just little things that you can let employees know that you're an ally to them in their mental health. And that it's not something they have to be ashamed of or that they need to hide because that can actually contribute a major sense of anxiety if people feel like they could be fired or they could be looked at differently because they're struggling with anxiety or depression or another any other mental health issue. Yeah, I think that's great. One of the stressors for sure is that people perceive they don't really know where they stand with the the boss or they don't know where they stand and they don't know uh, if they take an extra day off, is their job on the line? That's part of the stress that's creating in this workplace anxiety is, is exactly those kind of things. And if you can communicate to those people that, look, you're not going to be penalized for uh, taking care of yourself uh, or whatever, uh, that and you can give them some confidence in that. I think that's a really good way to create some uh, some relief there. I think that's a great idea uh, yeah. f- for sure. Uh, one of the other things I would like to just add to that and see if you can maybe speak to is let's talk a lot of us have the, the owner founder is so far removed from the, the organization or the floor or whatever that they have to work through a layer of management supervision. So Talk to me a little bit about how the employer, the founder, the owner could relate to his managers to relay that information to the floor. Yeah, I think that one of the biggest assets that an owner operator has of what what I would consider makes a great company and one that builds a lot of loyalty that people want to stay with is that if an owner not only relates through his managers, but takes time himself to get to know the workers on a personal level himself. And so that it's not simply just a talking figurehead coming through down the ranks, but that there is a sense of, I have a personal relationship with the owner. But if that's not possible, if you have a huge organization and it just simply wouldn't be possible to do that, I would say coaching your management team on creating that office culture that I talked about that is informed and conversant regarding mental health. Um, If there's communications and emails going out, have things in there about mental health issues or Give caveats and spaces for people to say, if this is anxiety inducing for you, if this is concerning to you, 
um, please feel free to talk to any of us about this. Putting language in there that is inviting and encouraging and is empowering is going to make employees feel more comfortable in initiating conversations about this. And so it's really the owner operator's position to set that culture through the managers that not only is it not going to be penalized to talk about mental health issues and to seek help for that, it's actually encouraged and it's a value that we have here. And so using any available form and communication, whether it's email or phone calls or newsletters or however communication is distributed, find inviting language to use to allow people to know it's okay. If you're struggling, if you have issues, if you have a need, come talk to us. Great, yeah, I think that's great. So this brings me to my third question and my final question that I want to, you talked about creating an inviting language that uh, seems in some ways to be incredibly touchy-feely, okay? Mm. There are business owners uh, who say, I'm not there to babysit my employees. Right. I am paying them to do a job and they better do it, period. So they right. have, you're on that side. And then you have the other group that are incredibly empathetic. And where the problem I see on that end is, you know, as humans, we're never like centered. We're always one extreme or the other or most, most of the time. So I see this as like a scale. And I have these employers that are saying, you know what, they're my employees, I'm paying them, do your job and stop whining. Right. Then we have this other side that are extremely empathetic. How does an employer help but not be perceived as overstepping that employee-employer relationship that could open you up to a lot of problems? Right. How do we balance this? I'm not babysitting you and then being way too extreme where we're getting into their business and we're violating that relationship in some way. Yeah. I think that, <clears throat> and I think that that's a great question because I think on one end, you know, if you're, I'm not babysitting my employees, I'm paying them to do a job, you're going to lose loyalty with people over there because they're seen as a number, right? They're not seen as valued for who they are and what they bring to the table. On the other hand, if you're too empathetic, you can sometimes have your boundaries be crossed and people begin taking advantage of you. And then they're calling in sick all the time in the name of being anxious. And it kind of defeats the purpose of that. Um, I would say the strategy is to check in with people often in general, not just on job performance and allow people to share what they are comfortable sharing. Make it clear that you're open and you're listening, but there's a difference between being tender and compassionate and then being a pushover. There can still be expectations, like the job still needs to get done. So what is a way that we can work together to make sure that this job still gets done? And it's also 
perfectly acceptable to ask, do you think that this is the proper work environment for you? Because this is the expectation of the job. And if this isn't going to, if this is going to be too stressful or too anxiety inducing for you, I'm more than happy to write a great reference for you. I'm more than happy to work with you to find something maybe even within the company that may be a better fit for you. But this is what the job entails. And so how are we going to creatively figure out how to make this work? Um, I think there is a line that you do have to draw of at some point, the job still needs to get done. I want to have an open conversation with you, but if you're not able to complete the job duties, then let's figure out something else that may work better for you somewhere else. So what about that employee, the employee that doesn't want you in their business that, um, maybe they perceive you are being uh, too invasive. Um, can you address that real quickly? Yeah, I would say that that's why it's important to have like those company-wide policies, mental health days, um, counseling services that are available off-site that are just kind of built in resources that people can use that they don't have to talk to you about. They can maintain their privacy, but they're just using a resource that they have available to them that doesn't require them to be more vulnerable than they feel comfortable doing. Sure. I think that that's why some policy changes can be important in that way because not everyone's gonna wanna talk about their business with their employer. So just having things that they can be like, you know what, I'm going to pull the mental health day card out and I'm going to use, use that today. And I don't have to explain to anybody why. Um, I think that that's a good safe safeguard for people that are a little bit more private. Sure. That sounds great. So let's wrap this up today. And what I'm kind of seeing us talking about in our, in our takeaways is that for our employees, and or for our employers to recognize that there is a lot going on in your workforce. There's a lot of things beyond normal life that COVID has, has uh, brought to bear in our emotions, in our family lives, in our um, finances and, and our worries. And so, so just be aware of that as an employer that that is happening. One thing you may want to do, some of the greatest bosses I've ever seen and dealt with, even, and this didn't matter really how large the business was, or they took time periodically to walk through the shop and talk to everyone. And maybe you can't do that every day, but maybe you could just walk through and say hello and, and just touch base in a way. It's a simple way to take an extra hour, half an hour, and the reward of that is absolutely incredible. So that would maybe be one takeaway, but realize your employees are dealing with some really important things right now. Secondly, do what you can do to reduce that stress on, on them. Train your management, do uh, open communications, create some benefits like uh, Derek was talking about. I think all of those are, are really, really important takeaways. So Derek, if somebody wants to contact you 
what is the best way for uh, them to be able to, to reach, um, reach you? Yeah, so my website has a contact form and my phone number. So it's pretty much everything is on there as well as a link to my Facebook page. Uh, my website is bravelifepc.org. Um, and if you go there, it'll have information about me and a contact form, as well as my colleague that also works at the practice. Great. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. I think it's really helpful for, um, uh, for a lot of small businesses and larger businesses as well. Good information. Thanks for uh, tuning in, everyone. And if you'd like to know about Rick Slack Presents, or if you would like to have the list of uh, that uh, Garrett gave um, on just some signs that you might wanna recognize. He's made that available. And you can just go to rickslark at gmail.com, request that and we'll get that to you uh, to right away. So thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And Derek, once again, thanks. Have a good day. Thank you.